Welcome to How Did I Get This Far? Each episode will tackle the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? On this episode of How Did I Get This Far? We talk about nonprofits. For those of us with no skills, how can we be helpful volunteers? And where do our donations actually go? And how did I get Ben Higgins on my podcast? All that and more right now. Hello and welcome everyone. We are going to get far in this special feel-good episode with a very generous guest. Some might even say out of a scale of 1 to 10, this guest is the perfect Ben. Today we have Ben Higgins. In addition to being a fan favorite on the reality TV show The Bachelor, Ben has been working hard operating his for-purpose business, Generous Coffee Company International. This movement aims to make the world better by selling high-quality specialty coffee as well as other products and investing these profits to help people around the world that are in need. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Hey, that was a that was quite the introduction. Thank you for that. <laughs> I, I try really hard in these. I, I, I try to do my research. and uh... You did a good job. I, I appreciate uh, all the stuff about Generous and uh, and uh, calling me a fan favorite. That's a, that's a big deal. So, hey, I'm happy to be here and chat with you. Awesome. As a member of Bachelor Nation and a fan of you on the show, I just want to say that I'm so excited to have you as a guest, especially so mm-hmm. early in my podcasting process. So you must mm-hmm. have some amazing trust in me, and I appreciate it. I mean, I remember what it's like to be in your position and trying to get something started that you're excited about and that you care about and you're putting time and effort into. And just by true luck, I'm able to be in a position to help hopefully just uh, hang out and talk with you about stuff I care about. If it helps you, awesome. Uh, but I enjoy it. So uh, it's not even a problem. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Fantastic. Well, let, let's talk about what you're so passionate about. Tell us about your journey starting the generous movement. Well, as you mentioned, you know, I was a part of uh, The Bachelor um, and still am in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I was just a kid in Denver, Colorado, trying to figure life out. I had had a passion for people who are facing injustice. When I look at injustice, it's, it's usually resulting from some type of poverty or misfortune. And I had been exposed to that for most of my life at this point. And I go on this crazy show, I get off the show, and I want to try to figure out a way to help my passions before the show and my platform that I was given from the show become something sustainable. And that's where Generous came in. So Generous uh, International is a company that we sell mostly coffee, we import it, we roast it, we sell it, and then we donate 100% of the profits, which is typically for anybody out there that's business, you know, in business and they're like, hey, profits is ambiguous. Uh, it's usually about 10% of revenue to organizations and nonprofits that are out there fighting injustice around the world. So we like to be the, we like to call ourselves kind of the, the fundraising engine to the common good that nonprofits are really focusing on. So that's where Jenner started. It is now my full-time job. It's been my full-time job for two years. Luckily, because of my podcast, Amanda, I don't take a salary from Generous. And so truly our money is able to go back. And that's been an incredible benefit to us. It's very inspiring that that is what you're doing with your platform and with your time. You did talk a little bit about the concept of profits and what that means and, and what you do with that. Can you explain a little bit about the differences in the terms of, you know, like charity, philanthropy, nonprofit, for purpose? So we kind of coined the term, I'm sure it's out there, 
but for purpose. Uh, so for purpose for us is a dedication and a commitment. It's in our operating agreement that we will donate um, money back to organizations that above all else, we are there to be that fundraising engine, but we are a for per, uh, for-profit company. We can take on investment. We can take on capital. We can sell goods. Um, we can we can bring on new ownership. We can have an executive staff and, and grow our company and reinvest into our company if we need to. Uh, we operate as a for-profit. What we don't do, though, is we don't do disbursements to our owners. And so we're able to invest that money back in these nonprofits. Now, a nonprofit uh, would be there for the ultimately a nonprofit is there to operate without a profit. And so everything has to be given away. The, the difference with the nonprofit is once, if say the nonprofit ends, all their assets have to be donated to a like-minded organization or an organization similar to what they were doing before. And our charity work is really focused on helping people. And so when we start talking about injustice and charity, it's really looking at the world and saying, hey, who out there uh, maybe hasn't won the birth lottery like we have? I get to grow up in, you know, Midwestern United States. My dad has a, a solid job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have food on the table. Uh, we live in a nice house. We have air conditioning. I went to school. We had a hospital five miles away. Uh, I had clean water. All of those things are privileges that we as people in the United States forget that a lot of people don't have. And so injustice is anything facing humans that are not allowing them to be them, their best selves, lack of education, lack of healthcare, lack of leadership, lack of infrastructure, lack of water. That's what we invest our money into. Uh, and we do that, like I said, by selling coffee. This is specialty grade coffee. So it's the highest graded coffee that you can get in the world. So when people say, hey, I really want to drink good coffee. <laughs> well, scientifically, our coffee is specialty grade. And then it's single origin. So our tagline is always, you're going to drink coffee anyways. Uh, Why not make it life-changing coffee? Because it's good coffee and it gives back. I love the phrase you used saying that you won the life lottery and you named basic things that we all take for granted and that other people don't have and we don't see every day. So that's really impactful. A lot of the world doesn't have. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and that's the crazy part is, you know, unless I had seen it with my own eyes. At a young young age, I went to Honduras for the first time. Unless you have seen it, you would never know. It's hard to conceptualize that there's people right now as we talk uh, not able to find clean water. And if they are drinking clean water, they're walking miles to do it. That's a lot of the world. That's that's how most of the, the, the humans on this earth exist. And it's just not okay. It's not needed. We have the resources, the money, the time, the technology now to help those people out. Mm-hmm. I want to add a little bit though. We do this. So part of the way that we like to invest is we like to do this by asking people who are impoverished or facing injustice, not telling them what they need, but asking them what do they need? What do they want? And what do they dream of? And letting them guide us. And so if they say, Hey, we need jobs for women. We need it before clean water. We're going to trust them with their words because they know themselves best and we're going to follow their leadership. And so it helps not take away culture. And it helps empower people in these communities to build up sustainable ways of living. And that's just, I mean, it's been a blast. It's been years of selling coffee here in the U.S. and then getting to have a lot of cool relationships around the world with people in need. 
I love that. And I want to do a little game before we really dive into more of our questions. Okay. Um, so I init- initially had titled this game Superlatives because it's going to be a bunch of different superlative topics that you'll give your stories or answers to. Okay. But to be on theme with having you as the guest, I'm going to call this the most dramatic answers ever. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was like, like no good. one will find this funny. There's a lot of laughs out there somewhere, and I'm one of them. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, what a relief. Okay. So here's the first uh, the first superlative. Okay. Weirdest or funniest thing you did while volunteering? Weirdest or funniest? Oh, I, I jumped to a river on a mission strip in my, uh, like, just with nothing on. And I swam in the river and I got a parasite in my gut. And it uh, affected me for like nine months. The weirdest and just grossest thing. I did not expect a gross answer. I was expecting, oh, I wore a funny costume. So that's no. concerning. I'm going all out here. Yeah, let's let's go. Okay, oh. here's the next one. Favorite fundraiser you ever worked at or attended? Um, I would have to say uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, a few years ago, Brandy Cyrus, a good friend of mine, put on a, a 2000s disco. And it was awesome. It was huge. Tons of people packed it out. That is so fun. Yeah. I love that. I, I want to just share mine as well. Um, when I was in college, my sorority Phi Sigma Sigma put on a fashion show, which was called Strut for the Kids Fashion Show for Embrace Kids Foundation, okay. which provided support for families that had children facing cancer or other serious health challenges. And not only were we able to get all these different companies and all the campus organizations involved with walking on this fashion show, but we all took on, you know, different kids that were in this program, Embrace Kids, and had them also walk the fashion show. And it was just beautiful having them smile walking down because not every day are they smiling. So they're typically just having a a battle with their lives. That's awesome. That one was really cool. Um, Okay. Most memorable moment from volunteering. Oh, I I, I can 100% tell you this one. So I was sitting in a house um the year before this trip the organization i was with put up a clean water tank in this community for the first time ever and i was sitting in a house of a 35 year old woman she had a couple kids uh and i had known her i've known her for a long time because i'd been going back to the same community for years and i was sitting there and talking to her i said what's the biggest change in your life since you got clean water and she told me Months after getting clean water, she was waking up for the first time in her life, her 35 years on uh, on this earth, without a stomachache. And uh, for the first time, and I was like that, and it stuck with me forever. It's and when I get down and out and frustrated with my job or feeling just tired, that story always encourages me to keep going because I know it's working and it's helping. Wow, that is very impactful. That I can I can feel that. That is so emotional. Yeah. Wow. So. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of a, a different route with this next one. Okay. Favorite product off the generous website. I'm a big fan right now. We have a dark Colombian coffee. It's just really terrific. I think it's roasted well. Uh, that or the Honduran coffee are my two favorites. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a coffee guy, and so I really <laughs> just enjoy our coffee. All right, and the last one. Your biggest motivator to get involved with charity work. Um, I, I mean, I mean, my motivator is my faith. I always say, you know, you're not going to understand me unless you know that my faith and my true belief is in Jesus. And it's not a cool thought and it's not a, hey, I should go to church on Easter kind of thing. It's like, no, I like actually really believe that there is a God and I believe it is Jesus. And because of that, everything that I do kind of comes from this thought that, you know, 
there is a God, that people matter, uh, that people have a purpose, and that part of our mission on earth is to help bring justice and not a eye for an eye way, but a justice in a, uh, I want to help you, serve you, love you type of way. And so that's my, that's definitely my motivator. Mm -hmm. If you are a bachelor fan like me, then you will love the bachelor themed apparel on shoprushcrush.com. Rush Crush is a premium apparel company creating modern designs for sororities, brides, and more. And for my listeners, Rush Crush is offering a free How Did I Get This Far t-shirt with purchase. That's right. Pick out something fab from Rush Crush, use promo code THISFAR at checkout, and you will officially represent as one of the first fans of the podcast. Again, just go to www.shoprushcrush.com, select at least one item at $10 or more, and get a How Did I Get This Far t-shirt free with code T-H-I-S-F-A-R, this far. Additional details in show notes. So obviously good can be done in so many different ways. You can donate money, donate items, volunteer, spread awareness, purchase items for the charity. That can be really overwhelming. So I want to dive in a little bit in all of those. Um, We'll start with volunteering. What can volunteering entail? What are some skills or qualities for a good useful volunteer? I I always, I mean, I always like to say that the really the only thing that I care about when it comes to volunteering is empathy. You want to find somebody that can relate with people from all walks of life. You know, you, you want to have somebody that can go out and talk to people who have the means to donate money. Uh, but also you want to be able to go and sit and break bread with people who barely have enough money to put food on the table. And you want to be able to sit there and listen and be curious and to love them well. And so I think all the only thing that you need as a volunteer of any kind or just a maybe even a human is empathy because you could, we can use all of our skill sets in, in different ways. Like, you know, Amanda, for you, you're, you're good at speaking. You're good at talking to people. You are a good interviewer. You're curious. Like those skill sets come in huge when you're sitting with somebody in Central America who has never had anybody ever ask them a question about their life before, like that's a beautiful thing you can use. Or, you know, there's doctors out there and physical therapists and there's, you know, manufacturers and stuff. There's so like all those things can come into play when you're talking about loving people well and trying to do what's best for them. So I always say just empathy is the, the differentiator. That was really sweet. And it's funny, though, that you say empathy and just like an emotional capability, because I had volunteered, I was running an ice cream social at this space that provides care for a homeless youth called My Friend's Place in Hollywood. And afterwards, we were given a tour of the space. And we were shown like a music studio, and we were shown like an arts and crafts space and a sewing space. And the person giving us the tour said, "Uh, you know, if you have any skills in these um, different areas, we're always looking for people to teach you know, these different skills to our kids. And my first thought was, wow, I have literally no use. I can scoop ice cream. That's that's my only ability. But there is obviously so much more to offer and just being a person that wants to make an impact on others' lives. I I mean, I think that's like the best. I mean, if anybody could take anything away from any conversation with anybody at any time, somebody asked me the other day a question, what are three things that people would need to know about you to understand you better? And one of mine was a few years ago, I was challenged because my ego got really big. I was challenged by somebody to learn from everybody, no matter who it is. So you can always learn from anybody. And the second is that people really matter, no matter who you are. And so I think we, I've, I've found it over the last you know, few years of working within the nonprofit and for-purpose space 
that oftentimes people don't get out and help because they don't feel like they have any value. They don't feel like they have anything to offer. Um, I have one really easy way to debunk that mindset is you go to a place outside of the U.S., outside of your comfort zones, a place that needs support and love and see how they see you. And they're going to look at you with completely different eyes than you've ever been looked at before, or even how you look at yourself. And I just, I mean, I, you know, because of my faith, I'd say that's how I believe God would look at you with um, an eyes of purpose and passion and pursuit and an eyes of skill. Uh, but you know, it's hard to believe that sometimes. And so no, I, I think everybody has the ability to help. You just got to tap into it. Yeah. I, I definitely think seeing it for yourself will make the difference and yep. make you think you're, you have a purpose. You're, you're here to do something wherever you are. Uh, okay. My last one on volunteering. How can you physically find a charity uh-huh. when there's so many causes and organizations? How do you decide one to help with? Oh, it's so hard. It's one of my, uh, it's, it's like, uh, capitalism has done some good things. It's done some really bad things. It's, but it's big and it's powerful and it exists everywhere with everything we do. And so, you know, because of that, there is a, a lot of competition in the nonprofit space, which isn't healthy or good because now you have a bunch of people competing against a similar mission. While at the same time, if they just can join forces, maybe these injustices could be solved. So a long answer for a pretty easy question. I always say this. It's hard. It's confusing. It's difficult. So there's two paths you can pick. Figure out what really angers you. Like what makes you mad? And then realize there's other people out there that probably feel very similar to you. If it, even if it's small, like even if you're, you get angry at small things, people out there are probably feeling very similar. And then go find an organization that's already doing it. That's already going out to combat the thing that makes you most angry. The other part is for me, a, a big thing has been supporting my friends. Like my friends have organizations that they've started, that they've been a part of, uh, that they are working for. And I want to support them. So I've picked nonprofits or I've picked causes that that my friends are a part of because I want friends who are doing good things in life together. And I can't think of a better way to have a friendship than in in a shared with a shared motivation for good. And so I've picked nonprofits that my friends have told me about first because I don't want to be doing I don't want to be running this race alone. I want to be doing it together. I think that's great. The idea of what makes you angry. I've never heard that before. That's very empowering. I think that's a really great idea. And then doing it with other people because then you're creating memories and also doing some good. Yeah. It's just more fun, I guess. I, I don't really know a lot in life. I, I know very little, but what I do know is that life is more fun spent together. Mm-hmm. And I want to look back when I'm 80 years old, sitting on my rocking chair, I want to go, man, my friends <laughs> and I, we ran hard for other people. Like we worked hard mm. to help others. And here are those cool stories that we get to tell about it. So I selfishly, I just want to do it with other people. All right. We're going to switch over to donating. Okay. A big question is where do donations usually go? How do you know if it's going into someone's pocket or actually helping a cause or mission? And how can you tell if a charity is actually legit? Do your due diligence. So or nonprofits have to report their uh, financials every year at the end of the year to the public. So you should be. And if they don't, then they need to be legally presenting their financials to any donor or or any person. So you can go on most websites and pretty easily find out what their 2019 financials look like. Now, if they're hard 
to understand. Find somebody who can help you walk through it together with them. But you should do your due diligence before you're investing and donating your money. And again, just to be clear, it's not hard. Like they have to do it. It's legally, uh, they have to be reporting their financials. So look, look into it. See what the pie graph says and where things are going. The second is for me, I donate based on three ideas. Uh, organizations have to be effective. So they have to be, whatever they're going out to do, if, they, if their job and their mission is to go out and help people get clean water, for example, then they need to be doing that effectively. Mm -hmm. They can't just say it and have a terrible solution and just be wasting money. They need to be doing it effectively. And I hold them to that standard. If they're going to claim to do it, they need to do it. The second is uh, they need to be sustainable. And so I've seen in, in my time that nonprofits that don't have a sustainable mission typically aren't doing as much good as they could be if they did have a sustainable mission. So I want them to be leaving their people that they serve in a better place than where they found them. And I also want to see a strategy in place to help them continue to get better until these people are feeling like they can get out and do stuff on their own. So they have to be sustainable. It can't just be a one-time transaction. It needs to be sustainable, and at least in my world. And the third standard I hold people to is they have to be efficient with their funds. So if, they're, if I'm donating a dollar, then I need to be able to see that an X amount of that dollar is going to salaries. I know people need to get paid. I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm great with that. Like I want people to get paid who are working for nonprofits. If they didn't get paid, we wouldn't have anybody working for nonprofits. Right. But I want to make sure that it's, it's efficient with their mission. And so I want to see that their mission is getting enough money to do what they want. And I think those three things are how I donate my funds and how generous donates ours. Perfect. And is there a helpful way to know how much you should donate? Obviously, everyone has different amounts of income, but I think it's so hard to know where to draw the line with what you should give or if there is no limit. Just give all your money. Any advice? Yeah, it's uh, that's a tough question. You know, in, in the Bible, there's a scenario where a person had a ton of money and they donated uh, a little bit, but it was money. You know, they donated a little bit of money, but they did it because it was safe. They did it because it didn't hurt. They did it just because they felt like they needed to. Like, oh, I need to be a good person, so I'm going to donate this little bit of money. And then at the same time, this parable goes on to talk about a woman who had no money, like a cent to her name. But she donated that cent because she cared. And she that's what she wanted her life to be represented by, was uh, sacrifice and uh, being a servant and, and serving others and loving others well and, and risking stuff for the sake of, of other people. And so what donation mattered more was the question that was asked at the end. The, the one that took it safe, but donated more than the lady who donated her penny, but she donated everything she had left. And, and the, the conclusion is, is that I don't know if there's a direct amount. I don't know if there's a great formula for it. What I do know is when I donated to the point that it's hurt, and that even includes time, like not just money. If you don't have the money, then like even your time, like if you've donated your time to the, or money to the point that it hurt, I know I cared more and I know it mattered more. And I know there's a passion and a purpose behind that. Uh, and I know it made me feel like I had a value. And I know that generosity actually brought me more joy than holding on to my materials safely. So I just say the best way to kind of figure out what you should donate or how you should donate would be um, figure out what makes you mad, figure out what they need. And then give, if you can give those organizations, those people, what you, what they need in a way that almost hurts a bit, that makes you feel like you have something invested. I love that. With um, w when you're, you, you know, say so you can donate your time, you can donate your money. Are there any other 
creative ways that you can help an organization or, or make some kind of impact on others? A hundred percent. Yeah. There's a cool uh, thing that somebody does. It's a lady in Canada. Uh, her name's Lauren Day and she paints with coffee and she does that and then donates these paintings to Generous so that we can sell them. So she just gives a skill set uh, for us. And that's incredible. So I think, you know, money is always helpful. It, it really is. It's needed. Like, let's not be oblivious to the fact that these nonprofits need to pay their staff. They need to pay for their materials. They need to pay for their mission. Uh, we also, you know, these nonprofits need volunteers. So your time is is valuable. But you also have some people have skills that they can donate. Mm -hmm. And that's always great. So maybe there's other ways and I'm just not thinking of them, but I think those would probably be the three easiest ways to understand would be your skills, your time and your money. We always say like this, I mean, I guess I can sum it up like this. Uh, at Generous, we have a, a method of give, go, buy, sell, advocate. So that's our, our kind of like tag. So you can give money, give time, give skills. You can go, go visit the places and the people that are being served by the nonprofit, get in front of them. Because we believe that when you give and you go and you go and see them, you'll be better advocates, that you'll actually believe in what's happening. You'll be able to tell these stories more accurately. And so you can advocate on behalf of the people that are being a benefit. Uh, or you can sell. And, and sell comes in where we talk about generous, the for-purpose business, where you can sell our products and tell people about our products. Because in the back end, that money is being donated. So you can give, go, buy, sell, advocate. I think that's great. And, and you can tell that you have a lot of passion behind not only what you're doing, but also how you're doing it. Um, so I'd love to talk about how to start either a nonprofit or for purpose, something like that. So my first question about this, how do you start a nonprofit or a for purpose and also come up with your cause? Yeah, I get where you're, I get where you're going with this. Uh, I'll, get, I'll go back to the thing before, because it's the only way I know how. I think that the best causes come from a place of passion. What do you see in this world that you want to help make better? I also think uh, you have to be, there's a great book out there called When Helping Hurts. You have to be wise uh, in how, when what you start. And so go out and look for wise counsel. Ask people for their opinions. Be open to being told, hey, that's not a great idea. There's a better way to do this. Or there's other nonprofits already doing this. Or there's other for-purpose companies doing this. Figure out what you want to do. Look for wise counsel. Uh, and then third would be, prepare for a lot of headaches. And so <laughs> when you start a for-purpose business or a nonprofit, it's not easy. I don't want to be naive and say, this has been easy on me. This has been brutal at times. It's been long hours. It's been super confusing. Um, and I know this is just a common phrase today that people throw around uh, and it doesn't seem to carry as much weight as it used to, but uh, it's been, it, we've made a lot of mistakes. Like Generous almost has shut down twice because of the decisions I have made as the leader that we've had to work through. And so be prepared to know that like, you're going to be learning as you go. It, there's a great analogy that I've heard somebody tell me when I was like thinking I was destroying our company was it's almost like building the plane as you fly it. So like you're in the air and you're like crashing and you're trying to like patch holes as you go. And it doesn't ever feel like it can slow down until you build your plane and you're kind of soaring and, and it's a smooth ride. Yeah. Uh, and we're getting through that. Two years in, we're just starting to get to the place of soaring. So uh, those are the three like just kind of high level things. The best ways, there's great resources online. You can Google how to start a nonprofit, how to start a for-purpose business. Uh, hire a really good attorney uh, that doesn't maybe cost a lot, but can walk you through the setup I, I always have with any of my companies is 
I've hired an attorney to help me walk through and make sure I was structuring everything in the right way and, and making sure I was crossing the T's and dotting the I's as we go. And that's really it. But my, I guess to sum all that up, I think the biggest thing you need to do uh, is make sure what you're starting is also something that you care deeply about because when it gets hard and it gets tiresome, you've got to always remember why you started in the first place. And that's got to be a big enough reason to motivate you to keep going because a lot of times it doesn't feel like you can. I think that's with starting anything. I mean, this is not comparable at all, but starting this podcast, it ended up being so much work. You really need to have a deep rooted goal of what impact you're trying to make. And for me, it is taking away some of the frustration of the uncertainty of not knowing things. Yours is obviously way more (laughs) impactful, but I do love that. It's very relatable. I don't, I don't think we can compare what's more impactful and what's not. The other, you know, the cool piece of advice here is like, you're starting a podcast that you care a ton about and that you're putting time into, and you don't know who's going to be listening and you might never know. You're planting a seed that you never know where the harvest is coming from, that somebody might just need this to take their mind off of the stress of the day or to realize that they have a shared uh, interest in the same things you do, or they just enjoy your voice because it comforts them. But we say it generous because when it gets frustrating, we don't feel like we know the impact we're having. I always tell our staff and our team, and it's something we speak very often, I bet on a weekly basis to each other, that if one person is benefited and one person's life is bettered through the use of our time, skills, resources, then it's all been worth it because we believe that's how much value each person in this world has. And I think that's about where you can draw the line on how impactful it's been. So if one person has benefited from your podcast, even yourself, mm-hmm. that's been worth it. And, uh, and you got to hold that to a success. Yeah, I, I definitely think that I've gained a lot. Even if this isn't a hit, I've connected with really wonderful people. Just that feeling alone of, of a connectedness yeah. and seeing you know the good in people has definitely been a lot for me already. So yeah. where do nonprofits get most of their funding? Uh, individual donors, typically. I mean, it matters how they're structured. I'd say you, people like you and me, big fundraisers help. Uh, some nonprofits do have a, a for-profit arm that helps them. Um, you know, the NFL is a nonprofit, so people don't realize that. But the NFL is, pay, you know, paying their director, you know, Goodell, forty million. So some nonprofits uh, don't really need donations. What they what they do is they find revenue streams, and so. I would say most nonprofits are super dependent on people like you and I donating our money. Okay. And then what about best efforts for spreading awareness or promoting your nonprofit? Uh, I'm a big fan right now of grassroots efforts. And so like, just like getting out there and talking about it with friends, people, strangers, not like stand on the street corner and start talking about, but like (laughs) sit down and uh, people that are in your network and just sitting down with them and saying, Hey, can I tell you about this thing I'm into? And like, I want to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. If you hate it, great. Tell me why, because I need to get better at learning why people would hate what I'm doing. Or if you love it, tell me that too, because right. that helps encourage me. And then people, you know, the ripple effect of word of mouth is huge right now. Like it's, it feels even more effective than uh, like social media or commercials or radio ads. Podcasts are big because it's very conversational. Mm-hmm. But I'd say just like being your own best advocate. For out, really everything is the most helpful way to spread messages that you care about right now. This question came from a Facebook submission. What are some key lessons that you've learned along the way starting a nonprofit that you would want to share? 
I don't know. I always go back to the person. And um, if we're lock, if we're talking about founders or original members of organizations, then my my advice to them would be, when you start feeling like you're insignificant or you're incapable or that you just don't know what you're doing, realize you're not alone. Uh, that every other honest and intelligent, I would say, I'll go that far, founder will readily admit when they like that they at some point in their process knew nothing and knew not what they were doing at all and were just like kind of guessing and trying to patch it as they go and so just realize when you start feeling insignificant you're not alone that'd be one piece of advice Mm -hmm. the second is if your mission is helping but it's hard it's worth it Mm -hmm. uh to not get discouraged and my third here's my third and here might be the best piece of advice i have can ever give because again i don't know much i think what i what i don't know i make up for and how much i really want to see people thrive and that's got me a long ways in life like it's gotten me through every single challenge and issue is just like really trying to look at the perspective of who's hurting the most and how can we and i help but what i make up for not knowing is this is you surround yourself with more talented people who have been there before you. Mm-hmm. So surround yourself with a wise counsel. Surround yourself with others of similar missions, visions, purposes, or at least people that can help you and ask them for their help. That would be the best piece of advice is to surround yourself with a community of people who have been there before you. That is really good advice. And I think that's a perfect way to end this episode. Um, and I obviously you've been really wonderful. I also want to give a shout out to your director of communications, Maddie Short. She was the first person that I connected with uh, at Generous. And you can tell that she and everyone else I've spoken with, including you, come from a place of love. And it's it's really inspiring. And I'm hoping that this podcast offers a small part uh, in helping promote Generous. And so for anyone else that would love to get involved, what are some other ways people can uh, learn more about Generous? Well, right now, it would be great if you guys, if you're drinking coffee at home, then we would love to deliver it to your door. So you can go to generouscoffee.com. You can buy our coffee, our t-shirts. We have bracelets and other jewelry that are handmade. Our t-shirts are made by single mothers out of plastic water bottles. They're really awesome. Our bracelets go towards a week of clean water in the Central African Republic. We have bags on there that are handmade by women uh, and we sell those and those go back to supporting those women. So like we just have a lot going on on our website. Just go to generouscoffee.com, check it out, read the stories. And if all else fails, buy our coffee <laughs> and we'd love to deliver it to you. So go to generouscoffee.com and buy some coffee. That'd be the best way. Great. Is there anything else you want to share before I close the show? Hey, I'm wishing you the best. You're going to have a lot of fun with this and you're great. And uh, I'm glad that I got to sit down and talk to you. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for your care. And um, thanks for talking generous. It means a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I actually didn't even plan on reaching out to you I plan on reaching out to generous so the fact that I also got you is calm down Amanda you're being too much okay (laughs) (laughs) anyway thank you so much for being here today and to my listeners I'd like to close the interview with an inspiring quote from the generous movement be generous because you don't have to I think it's great hey thanks Amanda thank you see ya If there is a basic task or aspect of life that you cannot grasp, or if you want to learn more about this topic, email howdidigetthisfar at gmail.com and tag at howdidigetthisfarpod on Instagram with your helpful hacks. 
Finally, please give the podcast a rating and review so the show can continue tackling more struggles. But that's as far as we will get for now. I'm Amanda Ogan. Thanks for listening.